This week, AOC says she may drop out of politics. The Trump campaign begins its journey to sue states over concerns of election fraud, and top Republican senators and officials are accepting President Trump's uh, refusal to concede the election now that the Associated Press has called Joe Biden as the president-elect. My name is Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. Welcome back to another week. Um, I'm going to, I actually tried recording for like roughly 11 minutes, um, but it was only recording through one, like one side of the, um, of the, it was only going through one side. So it was going to sound weird when I came it out. So I had to start all over again, which is very annoying. So follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-U-Y in a way age. That's at Huey Noah. I also have merch on my website in the shop section. I recently added phone cases with the Under the Stars logo on it. So, and you can, it, it's for um, Samsung or iPhone, and it's got cases for like every phone they've made in the last decade. So, if you've got anything that's been made in the last decade by either of those, you, there's a case for you on the website. Also, you can purchase my book. And now that the Associated Press has called Joe Biden as the president elect, and we wait for the Electoral College to confirm that. Um, I recommend you check out my uh, book, Yes Master, available on Amazon or in my shop for the fifteen for fifteen dollars. Um, I think it's pretty relevant to what some of the things. It's relevant to everything I ever talk about. Anyways, so let's dive right in now that I have to start all over again. So AOC uh, says she doesn't know if she wants to be in politics anymore. So Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez says she doesn't know whether she wants to stay in politics, much less much less run for higher office. It's the stress. It's the lack of support from your own party. It's your own party thinking you're the enemy, the Bronx Congresswoman told New York Times in an interview published over the weekend. I'm serious when I tell people the odds of me running for higher office and the odds of me... Sorry, I wanted to check my camera. And the odds of me... Uh, just going off trying to start a homestead somewhere, they're probably the same, said the politician who won re-election election just recently. I don't even know if I want to be in politics, AOC said. You know, for real, in the first six months of my term, I didn't even know if I was going to run for re-election. The self-described Democratic Socialist and her squad of congressional cronies have taken heat over their party's unexpectedly poor showing in some races with critics, saying the progressive females group attempt to push Dems to the far left killed colleagues at the polls. House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn on Sunday accused liberals who pushed the defund the police battle cry amid the Black Lives Matter movement of costing some Democrats their seats. AOC has been among those calling for defunding. The Congresswoman acknowledged to CNN on Sunday that Republicans levied very effective rhetorical attacks on our party over such issues. But that's not the real problem, she said. It's the Dems that are so far behind the times when it comes to getting out their message. So when it comes to my general conjecture on AOC as a as a politician, not as a person, but as a, as a political figure. Um, I think the last time I've legitimately talked about her was almost a year ago. Um, I can certainly say that from an ideological standpoint, I was a completely different person when I last talked about Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. So first I'd like to address that. So when it comes to AOC as a politician, as a political figure, I think she's kind of the epitome of the whole anti-freedom thing. And when I say anti-freedom thing, I, 
well, first of all, let me address that. When the left and the right present a movement in the United States as pro-freedom, because America is supposed to be a country that is a beacon of freedom, um, I, feel, I won't say I feel like that kind of uh, devalues the point. They skew the words of the Constitution. They skew what it means to live in this country, the meaning of freedom. They skew it all in a direction that benefits their personal opinion. Because overall, um, largely, political discourse is just people's personal opinions. Now, the problem with that is, in a country like America, that ideologically is meant to be a beacon of freedom, where the truth reigns um, the truth reigns indefinitely, where people have the liberty to exist in their own right while still be a, being able to contribute to a larger society, first of all, is a very complex idea in and of itself. Because human beings are incredibly contempt with their lives, to put it in a nicer term. If we wanted it in a more realistic term, human beings are incredibly selfish. And they think the whole world is, is about that big. And so that's where these ideologies are born. Ideologies such as the uh, socialism that uh, the, the representative AOC is, I won't say a fan of, um, is a supporter of. Um, and that's where all, that's the spawn of everything, every clash in politics ever. But I conject that in a country like the United States, none of these things can reign true in the functions of government. Because should they exist, they inherently and totally fight the concept of freedom, of being a beacon of freedom. We accept one economic policy in its total respect over another, and we are inherently subjecting people who may struggle, people who will not find happiness, because let's, let's face it, every single economic theory ever tried in the history of the world has failed in some respect or another. Um, economic theories that give total power to the government are incredibly quick, but are often incredibly oppressive. Economic uh, philosophies such as capitalism, per se, um, can often empower greed if not regulated correctly. There's, there's a difference between regulating enough and regulating correctly, and you have to balance that. It's a very complex issue. Um, but these ideologies, they don't... they they can't function under the complexity of the real world. So they have this entire made-up version of the world that they present to people every election year. And that's what they campaign off of, off of the mystical, magical world of, if you just vote for me, my ideas will just work. So here's all of my personal opinions, which really don't need to be in government because my personal opinions mean nothing when it comes to the the, the wide the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The wide span of freedom, of your freedom, of our freedom. Um, but I don't care because I want you to be like me. That's ultimately what I think. I think that sums up everything about ASC. That's my entire opinion about her. She is the the stereotype of the politician who doesn't understand that America is not here to be socialist or capitalist or communist exclusively. America's not here to be for, for white people or black people or, or, or Asian people or Latino people or, or for certain groups or ideas or philosophies. It's meant to exist so all of them can make a mark of some sort. And so that then America could then turn around and make a mark on them. But again, AOC is the epitome of this idea that that, I, that that's bad, that that's somehow bad, 
that because I can't force you to be more like me, then then it's all a waste of time and effort. I think she doesn't deserve to be in office, but I also think the American people are not very smart. And I don't I don't mean this as an insult. I think I've said this four times in the last three episodes. I don't mean this as an insult. I say this because I think it's genuinely concerning that the American people are not as intelligent as they seem. I mean, uh, provi- provision, provision, uh, proficiency rates um, in national education, public or private, believe it or not, but primarily public in the United States, according to the National Association of Educa- of Educational um educational progress i don't know i thought there was an r for a second of educational progress has has um cons- consecutively reported numbers that are around anywhere from i think 22% to 43%. I mean american students from 4th grade to 12th grade that's about the range where they where they take data are under half i'm oh, sorry under half um, proficiency. Proficiency sucks. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. And so we, we, I mean, I know that's a horrible range of actual, actually finding the intelligence of people when it, but when it comes, that's a first indicator of, of something not being right. Um, but the outside of that fact, we just look at, um, both studies conducted and we look at on a more anecdotal level, just general, paying attention to society and we see that Americans aren't very smart and that's very dangerous because smart because people who aren't very smart are usually very emotional um, because when you when you don't have much of an of a cognitive mind or of an intellectual mind you have a very emotional one now both are incredibly important but if you give one too much power or the other it can become uh, destructive and that's what the left and the right take care take advantage of and I think AOC is a prime player of this. She she spouts emotional rhetoric and heartwarming stories that are essentially useless when it comes to the general passing of policy. And on top of the fact that her ideals are um perfectionist, I think, and absolutists and don't have any room for well maybe they're just maybe they're not fully right. Um I think she's the epitome of that. So I think if AOC were to drop out, there'd be a, there'd be a sigh of relief from people who um, who think for themselves, um, because AOC is not the type of person who encourages thinking for yourself. I mean, this is the woman who said that um, who said that Trump supporters, uh, or I think the word she used was um, I forget how you pronounce it. It's syncomfat, I think, is the word. In fact, I believe I have it on my in my screenshots I'm gonna find it because I think it's um very important if I can find it perhaps I did not save it here it is is anyone archiving these Trump Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets writings photos in the future I mean, for a woman who claims that the current president is a fascist, that is very fascistic. Um, and ultimately it reveals the, the, fact that, the fact that I'm right, that, that she sits on an ivory 
throne of ideological perfection, of, of near uh, deity levels, that she sees her and her views in this all-righteous way. And it's not new. I mean, they all think this. They're all so self-righteous and self-absorbed and do not understand the concept of true liberty, of true freedom. Um, or if they do, they just hate it. Uh, but it shows that I am correct and that ultimately giving people like this power in this country could lead to the death of what true freedom we may have left. Um, so besides that, this is just a side note in today's episode. Um, so over the weekend, I think it was this weekend indeed, uh, the Associated Press called Joe Biden, um, as the projected winner of the election. Now, of course, there is a legal difference between what the Associated Press calls and what actually happens in the Electoral College. But let's face it, the, the, the press is usually, if nothing else, fairly adequate at uh, finding, at projecting the winner of the election based on the Electoral College's results. Now, when it's, when we're talking it's close like it is now, they could get it wrong a, a few ways, or even more realistically, and a bad example Republicans are using, the 2000 election, with Florida being the balance, um, and it, um, it I, I'll say screwing up there, then, yeah, things, flukes can happen. But I think when it comes to this year's projection, I don't see that being incorrect. Now, Republicans are jump, jumping on, once again, jump, jumping on Trump's coattails to say that because the election called it, it's not true. Or because the election called it. Because the Associated Press called it, it just can't possibly be true. And, again, I'm pulling up my phone here. Um, I uh, wrote a comment on a post about that that I think sums up my general thoughts about that about why that's happening and why I think it's wrong. I said, people are only saying Trump has to win by a massive landslide because of the preconceived notion that their side of the argument is always right, always noble, and always the majority. This idea that the election was complicated, the numbers were close, and the world is bigger than them and the other side can't compute in the fantasy land inside their heads. This is that... Um, I talk about it very, very often. There's a fantasy world that, that the left and the right, that every person, honestly, builds inside their heads, and it's a filter they put over the real world. And like I was stating, I believe, earlier in this recording, if it wasn't the one I was recording earlier that failed, um, that filter warps our perception of reality to fit our narrative so that everything fits within this perfectly uh, biased echo chamber that we call Earth. When the reality is complicated, is messy, and is frankly horrifying. So Trump is now moving to sue many states for election fraud concerns. And there's even more related to this. It's a very complex issue because uh, last week I said that it's absolutely impossible because of statistical probabilities. And that point, I think, still stands fairly valid. Um, and I think just a couple hours before I started recording this, a few states have actually already kicked out a few more of these cases. But anyways, Trump is now, um, Trump is now jumping at a couple states. I'm not going to read any of this, but I will jump into the state. So I think he's still going in Pennsylvania. Actually, Pennsylvania may be the one, one of the ones that, uh, has kicked out one of the cases. Let's see if I can find, find anything about that. No, I, I don't see anything yet. Or I don't see anything about it again. 
I'll just go ahead and re read these, and if they're incorrect, it, it, it's fine. So uh, in Pennsylvania, there's multiple uh, legal battles over the Keystone State's election laws. Um, there's actually a few underway before Election Day. But this week, the Trump campaign upped the ant. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro said in an interview that there has been a lot of noise about litigation but has zero material impact on the electoral process. The count has continued. Legal votes are being tailed, tallied, and soon the Commonwealth will respect the will of the people and certify a vote, he said. Since Tuesday, the campaign has filed at least five separate lawsuits with mixed results. One, to compel Philadelphia election officials to stop counting ballots. A federal judge dismissed that request. To compel state election officials to allow Trump campaign officials to a closer observation of the counting process. A state judge ruled in the campaign's favor, allowing campaign officials to observe the Philadelphia process from a six-foot distance. Philadelphia election officials appealed the decision to the Supreme Court. On November 9th, the court agreed to hear the case. Um, love... Levitt says that this ruling will likely affect the pace of the count rather than the outcome. Imagine a gymnasium with observers lining the walls. To let observers get closer, they've got to move the count closer to the walls and not be counting in the center, he writes. Since people can no longer count in the center of the gym, quote, the count is going to move more slowly. To compel Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bukvar, yeah, Buck. It's Bookvar, I think, and all 67 counties to impose an earlier date for voters to show proof of identification if it was not on their initial ballots. Um, uh, the presiding judge on November 12th yesterday ruled in favor of the campaign, writing that the ballots writing that ballots cast by voters who had not provided supplemental identification by November 9th could not be counted. Previously, that judge had ordered all counties to segregate those ballots while weighing whether to count them. The Secretary of State's official office did not respond to a query about the number of ballots um, uh, pertinent to this order. Shapiro said on Twitter the ruling impacted very few ballots. Um, to compel Montgomery County Board of Elections to stop counting mail-in ballots... Today, a judge denied the request from the campaign and ordered that the county uh, could count the ballots. An oral argument for the case uh, on the 10th, the lawyer representing the campaign, Jonathan Goldstein, told the judge they were not accusing a ca the county administrators or the voters casting these ballots of voter fraud. Uh, okay, never mind. Let's see. Uh, to, to intervene in an already existing dispute before the U.S. Supreme Court about whether ballots in state re ballots the state received after 8 p.m. on Election Day should count. The litigation is still ongoing. Um, on the 6th of November, Supreme Court Justice Alito, in response to a motion from Pennsylvania, Republicans ordered state election officials to segregate any ballots that arrived after Election Day. State officials have already uh, ordered counties to segregate any ballots that arrived after Election Day, likely anticipating a future challenge. To stop Bukvar, Bukvar and seven individual counties from certifying the election results, um, the litigation is ongoing. To stop Bucks County from counting mail-in ballots, um... The county accepted over 2,200 effective ballots. There's a conference scheduled for the 17th of November. Um, and then we go to Nevada uh, with Trump narrowly, tra narrowly trailing Biden in the state. 
the Trump has backed two cases to impact the counting of the ballots to impose an injunction on the automated signature verification machines used in Clark County as ballots continue to be counted. A federal judge rejected the request on November 6th, ruling that federal judges should not be involved in state election administration, and there's no evidence Clark County is doing anything unlawful. Um... to compel state election officials to allow public closer observe observation to Clark County ballot counting facility. Um, the district judge rejected the lawsuit ruling that the, they lacked standing to bring the claims to, to bring the claims and had no evidence to back up their arguments. Republicans reached a settlement. Um, and according to local news, the settlement included expanding observation access so that all counting, uh, tables would be visible to the public. On November 10th, the campaign officially filed to dismiss the suit. In Michigan, they want to halt the counting of absentee ballots. It was denied on the camp was denied in the Michigan Court of Claims by Judge Cynthia Stevens on November 6th. They went to halt the certification of election results in Detroit, Michigan's largest city in a Democratic stronghold. Judge Timothy Kinney denied the motion on the 6th, saying there's no evidence that oversight procedures had not been followed already. Um, hmm. let's see what else to halt the certification of election results because of voter fraud um, I don't know let's see alleging results could not be certified because defendants allowed fraud to incompetence to corrupt to corrupt the conduct of the 2020 general election in Georgia where Biden has technically won which is the first time for a Democrat and I think in a while they want to disqualify about 53 ballots. Uh, Superior Court judge in, Cath in Chatham, I think it's pronounced Chatham County, rejected the suit on November 5th in Arizona. Um, everyone has declared, the Associated Press have declared Biden won the state, but other networks have held off, deeming the race too close to call. On November 7th, the Trump campaign and Republican National Committee fought a lawsuit in the state court alleging voters' ballots had been rejected because they contained bleeds, splotches, and stray marks. These allegations appear similar to claims circulating on social media that ballots would not be counted if voters filled them out using a Sharpie marker. Election officials have said these claims are false. A lawsuit with similar allegations was filed in the same court system by a group of voters who were represented by a conservative legal fund on November 4th. Plaintiffs dropped the lawsuit on the 7th. They did not provide a reason for dismissing the case. On November 13th, the campaign's, a campaign's attorney filed a notice of mootness, acknowledging the lawsuit was unlikely to change the outcome. That's actually a very interesting thing. I want to talk about the, the Sharpie marker thing, where if the Sharpie, if you signed it out with Sharpie, if you were told to sign it out with Sharpie, the machine would not be able to read your ballot, your vote, and it just, they wouldn't count it. First of all, this notion is ludicrous in its nature because... The idea that if the machine doesn't count it, that they just go, oh, well, let's throw away the ballot, makes no sense. There is obviously a procedure if in the event that the campaign, that the uh, machine can't count it. The only argument that you could, that you could then make was that ballot counters were seeing the marks, the, the ballots that couldn't be counted within the machines and going, that ballot's for Trump, let me throw it in the trash. And... There is no evidence for that at all. All the evidence you could have for that is politically partisan and circumstantial at best. So on, on a legal mark, there is, as far as I can see, 
nothing the Trump campaign can do to change the, the results of this election. There have been a few states, and I'm actually going to get to this in a moment, where there's a glitch in the system um, that obviously Republicans are claiming immediately is Democratic fraud, fraud um, which is politically partisan. There, there's no evidence for that, um, though it's possible. Um, but there's no legitimate evidence for that besides partisan... Uh, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I just used it 10 seconds ago. Um, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, but overall, these the ones I just talked about, they don't hold any standing on a legal aspect. And on the legitimate just looking at it, there's nothing noble or or virtuous about any of these. This, to me, when you look at this from, and I hate calling it a non-biased standpoint because it makes me sound like this big egotistical maniac, but when I remove my opinions from the situation on, on who I would want to win, and I just look at it from a critical standpoint, I don't see this as some sort of noble act of, of Trump trying to save the country from a Biden presidency. I, I, I see this as a desperate man who wants to be the president so bad that he will that he's just scrambling to to get power. And ultimately, I think this scramble to try and flip votes in the key states, which, mind you, he would have to do it in like 13 or 14 states to even get close to Biden's um, ball- or Biden's electoral votes, I think shows that Trump failed on one basic promise he made four years ago, that he was going to be the Washington outsider that cared about the people above the political corruption and the power and all of that stuff that makes Washington suck. He failed. By doing this, he failed. If he hasn't failed already, then this is where he tripped up and fell. Because to me, when you look at this from a standpoint that isn't that doesn't that doesn't see anyone as good or bad in the situation that we are currently assessing and you just look at it and you you take what little information you do know and what little information you've done research on this looks like a desperate man who wants power and his addresses about it his remarks about all of this information his twitter does not look like a noble man who genuinely thinks there may be fraud. I don't think he gives a crap if there is fraud anywhere in this country. I think, based on the assessment I have done in the last week, that this is a this is an angry, power-hungry man who wants who wants the White House, who 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 just wants it, and there is nothing noble nor virtuous nor nor worth celebrating about the way he's treating this situation. Um, so that's that. Uh, so on that note, Trump has refused to concede the election. I mean, even at the f- after all the lawsuits, when inevitably the Electoral College will reflect what the Associated Press says, um, and I- I'm making a bold move by saying that, but at the same time, I don't see why I couldn't say that. Um, Trump has basically stated he will refuse to concede the election. And many Republicans are, are backing his his removal. And actually, many Republicans in general are, are refusing to back his removal. There's this movement going around right now on the right where 
they're all saying Biden's not my president. They're like, oh, let's give let's give the left a taste of their own medicine. They're so obsessed with this ludicrous, made up political game that they can't see the real world with real people who have real lives that are affected by all of this stuff. They're too busy stuck inside their own self-righteous minds to see anything that's going on here in the real world. And so they're like, let's feed the liberals a taste of their own medicine. Biden's not my president. Now, obviously, they're, they're saying all this garbage about feeding liberals the taste of their own medicine so that they can get away with being whiny brats because their their guy didn't win the election. Okay? And many Republican senators and such, many officials, are following the same suit. But this is the tribalism of the situation we're, we're, we're dealing with here. We're dealing with people who are literally, word for word, parroting what the other side said four years ago. And they think that somehow people are stupid enough to think that that when they say, oh, I'm just feeding them a taste of it, like, it's not cool. It's not cool. When someone does something incredibly stupid, uh, disrespectful, and just downright pathetic, to then reflect that behavior upon them when you are in a situation similar to them, that's not cool. That's not like, oh, you wrecked the libtards by being a whiny, a whiny brat. Because you got you your guy did not win the election. Wow, so cool. We showed them, right? That's like someone throwing an egg at you, and your response is to throw an egg at them. That's awesome. Now you're both morons who threw eggs at each other, and you're both covered in eggs. Like, what is respectable? What is at what point of this am I supposed to be like that? Now that's the guy I like. There's a reason why independents hate both of you because you're both petulant children who think throwing insults and, and just and, and, and having temper tantrums and just refusing to accept the reality of this stuff in the real world outside of your preconceived warped uh, perception of reality. We, that's why we hate you guys. Because you're, you're petulant children. And this goes all the way up to Republican officials. So leading Republicans rallied on Monday around President Trump's refusal to concede the election, declining to challenge the false narrative that it was stolen from him or recognize President-elect Joseph R. Biden's victory, even as party divisions burst into public view. Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, the top Republican in Congress, threw his support. Uh, I lost my spot. No, I didn't. Threw his support for pre behind President Trump in a sharply worded speech on the Senate floor. He declared that President Trump was 100% within his rights to turn the legal system uh, to, to challenge the outcome and hammered Democrats for expecting the president to concede. In his first public remark since President Biden, or President-elect Biden, was declared the winner, Mr. McConnell celebrated the success of Republicans who won the election in the House and the Senate. But in the next breath, he... Th he treated the outcome of the presidential election based on the same ballots that elected those Republicans as unknown. President Trump is 100% within his rights to look into allegations of irre irre irregularities and weigh his legal options, said Mr. McConnell, the majority leader. Let's not have any lectures about how the president should immediately cheerfully accept preliminary election results from the same characters who just spent four years refusing to accept... to accept... The validity of the last election in Georgia, where counting votes, where 
where the continuing vote count showed President Trump losing the state's electoral votes, Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, both Republicans now facing January runoffs to keep their seats, took the extraordinary step of calling on the state's top election official to resign, declaring Georgia's handling of the state election or of the election as an embarrassment and citing vague failures in an echo of President Trump's evidence-free charges of stolen votes. They said they said Brad Raffensperger and the Republican Secretary of State had failed the state. Mr. Raffensperger bluntly rejected their calls, declaring the senator's claims laughable and suggested that they were merely disgruntled because President Trump might lose and their jobs were on the line. And uh, this article just goes into more examples. Um... So I won't I won't dig too too deep into it, but the general conjecture I think is understood by this point. So I cannot sit here and 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 follow these claims, these um, I'll call it these rabbit holes of of election fraud. Could first of all, is there election fraud? Probably. <laughs> uh, if there's any election to try and commit election fraud, it's this one. Um, but is there this massive conspiracy of underground, like, like people wearing black hoods and carrying torches around that have, like, convened and are like, here's how we're going to flip, you know, five, six, seven states in Biden's favor so that, favor so that we can win? No. This isn't some secret plot where entire states have lost have lost ballots that have magically gotten stolen away where uh, fake ballots were put in in there in the system that were accepted the statistical probability one of any of that happening is next to nothing and two almost every incidence of legitimate fraud that that has gone through has been caught if we are to expect there to be some fantastical uh, extraordinary force at work here that's just pushing for Biden to win and doing whatever it takes to do it, then if that happens, if that turns out to be true, then I will bite my own tongue. Um, but I don't see it as being true. The truth is clouded, unfortunately, by the partisanship of both sides. The The Democrats are doing what the Republicans did four years ago and saying, oh, just accept that he's won. And the Republicans are doing what the Democrats said four years ago and claiming everything that means they didn't win is fraud. It's completely partisan. There is no way to find the legitimate truth because neither side wants to find the legitimate truth because both sides are scared that what if the other side turns out to be the one that benefits from the truth? That is the self-righteous nature of the left and the right. And they refuse to accept it. And America refuses to accept it. We blind ourselves to the corruption, to the self-serving nature of both sides of the aisle, and then we pretend that it's okay that they're tearing the entire country apart over garbage like this. It's an absolute shame um, and a disgrace to to the people that that founded the country, to the people that served for this country, for the people that serve for this country and for the people that have died for this country. We are disgraced to every last one of them because we are we are openly accepting and promoting this tribalistic, idiotic, two-sided debate of who's going to destroy America first and no one's even remotely questioning it. And the people who do question it are silenced in every possible way. Uh, it's a load of 
garbage, to put it in layman's terms. Load of garbage. Um, it's absolutely disappointing to watch. Um, <laughs> and this was honestly going to be the result either way, if, I, if anyone won. I, I'm sure if Trump had won, the Democrats would have claimed fraud of some sort. <laughs> because that's just how they are. They can't function in the world. They cannot function. Okay, so this is still related to all this stuff. A glitch in the voting system in supposedly in Michigan, Georgia, and Wisconsin counties gives Biden votes he never earned. Um, so let's read that first. Supposedly, there's a software that incorrectly gave Biden thousands of Michigan votes used in 28 other states. So uh, allegedly, election software that incorrectly, award, uh, incorrectly awarded thousands of votes to Joe Biden in Michigan is used in a majority of U.S. states, including statewide in Georgia, where it has reportedly been in implicated in several voting-related glitches there. The Michigan Secretary of State confirmed on Friday that a software error in Antrim County, Michigan, in which Joe Biden was incorrectly awarded thousands of votes that led him to be declared the county winner, was caused by an error in which the county clerk did not update the software used to collect voting machine data and report unofficial results. The software is administered by the, by the company Dominion Voting Systems. Following the correction of the error, the county flipped back to Trump, who walked away with 2,500 more votes than Biden. Beyond Michigan, Dominion Voting Systems is also used in a majority of U.S. states, with the company boosting, boasting on its website of having customers in 28 states, including nine of the top 20 counties and four of the, four of the top 10 counties throughout the, throughout the county. Yeah, throughout the county. Okay. The system was used for a presidential election in Georgia for the first time this year after the state announced in July of 2019 that Dominion would be given a statewide contract to provide systems and software to the state's 159 counties. Multiple election-related glitches have been reported in the state since Tuesday. In one instance, voting in two Georgia counties ground to a halt for several hours after an unknown update was applied to voting machines there. In another county, a software glitch caused delay in in counting thousands of absentee ballots. Dominion reportedly received $170 million contract last year to install 30,000 voting machines throughout the state. Georgia was moving away from its earlier election equipment provider, election systems, and software after complaints following the 2018 midterm elections. Um, so obviously this should be looked into and investigated to ensure that there was no other glitches like this. Republicans are obviously jumping to say that this is all fraud, it's all fraud, but I've already, I think, essentially covered why there's no real way to figure out with them yelling fraud, 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 um, because ultimately we can tell on both a philosophical level and on a legitimate level that there's no real way to just say, yeah, it's fraud or yeah, it's not fraud. I think it needs to be looked into by a nonpartisan engine who doesn't care about either either darn side. Um, I did, I think I've got an article here about a legitimacy effect legitimacy check of a lot of these fraud claims um let's see let's see not that one supposedly there's no evidence for this computer software glitch uh the claims made their way into the president's from trump's twitter the michigan secretary of state joyce joycelyn benson said that the results were quickly identified and correctly well see that's that that title was misleading there was a glitch but it was it was um What's the word? Assessed and taken care of is the word I'll say. Um, which is actually what the article we were just reading before this confirmed. Um, that while they didn't recognize it in the last week, they have caught a lot of these supposed glitches and changed them to the correct 
to what they need to be. The only implication I would say that needs to be made is that um, is that uh, we just need to keep an eye out and, and ensure that everything went the right way. Because people on both sides of the aisle have been saying we need to count legitimate legal votes. Um, and when we look at it within their context, they obviously mean every vote for me that is for me is legitimate and every vote that's not for me is illegitimate. So obviously I would take that as you will with a grain of salt. Um, but if we look at it outside of their perspective, outside of any of these uh, uh, perspectives, it's important to actually figure out the legitimacy of every vote going through voting systems across the country and ensure that the results we're seeing are correct. With that said, I don't see any evidence of, of again, these dark forces that are supposedly cheating Biden to the presidency. I don't see it. Uh, this talks about the Sharpie thing again. Um, mm, the video about the woman with the voting machines, how they can't read ballots with, marked with a Sharpie pen. Uh, there were protesters about it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find the part. Yeah, here we go. So the the Arizona Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, confirmed on Twitter that if you voted in person, your ballot will be counted no matter what kind of pen you use, even a Sharpie. Um, apparently, Maricopa County officials said Sharpies do not invalidate the ballots whatsoever, but I swear in here somewhere it says that even if, for some reason, the machine can't read it, that they have a process um, where they read where they check the vote anyway. Miss mm. Hobbs later told CNN that even if the machines can't read them for some reason, here it is, a marker bled through to the other side, we always have ways to count them. They're going to be counted. There's absolutely no merit to saying that there was some conspiracy to invalidate Republican ballots, which again, makes sense. Why, first of all, if this was happening, we would ca it would be easily caught. We don't live in an age where, we live, well, no, let me, let me freeze that. We do technically live in an age where it's easier to talk, kind of, pull off these things but with so many nosy people um who aren't part of uh i'll say the establishment um it's hard actually to get away with a lot of this stuff because we we catch it especially when it comes to elections they're very important especially this specific one and so i just don't see uh, let me say it this way the reason I keep saying I don't see it is because everything that implies that there could be legitimate fraud seems to be some fantastical made-up force that no one can name or point out at any specific place that proves anything. Everything just seems to be a bunch of anecdotal uh, conspiracy theory garbage that has almost nothing on its side. So obviously I'm not going to say that it's true. Is there a possibility? Sure. But it's a very, 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 very small possibility. We're talking less than 1% possibility here. Um, and so obviously I'm not going to say I think it's true. Could could it be true? Sure. But when I say that, I mean there's like hardly any margin whatsoever that supports this notion at all. And, and so yet, yeah, I'm not going to say that there's massive fraud and that there's some conspiracy or anything going on here. Attorney General Barr uh, recently said that um, that Attorney General let me let me just read it. So the Justice Department tops top the Justice Department's top elections 
Can I get rid of this? No. Top election crimes prosecutor resigned Monday in protest after Attorney General William Barr told federal prosecutors that they should examine allegations of voting irregularities before states move to certify votes in the coming weeks. Richard Pilger, director of the Elections Crimes Branch and Justice Department's Public Integrity Section, told colleagues in an email that, uh, that the attorney general was issuing an important new policy ab- abrogating the 40-year-old non-interference policy for, bal- for ballot fraud investigations in the period prior to elections becoming certified and uncontested. Pilger also forwarded the memo to colleagues in his resignation letter. Pilger will remain a prosecutor in the justice unit that investigates public corruption. Barr's densely worded memo had told prosecutors they could take investigation steps such as interviewing witnesses during a period that they would normally need permission from the election crimes section. It's not clear what practical effect the policy would have on an election in which President Trump trails President-elect Joe Biden by tens of thousands of votes in several key states. Um, Ultimately... Again, while I I support this move wholeheartedly, I always support a move to investigate a situation unbiasedly so that we can we can then hopefully find the truth of that situation and then assess what we need to do then with that with the truth. Um, But I don't necessarily see this as something that will change the election simply because with what evidence we do have and what information we do have, there doesn't seem to be a lot running for the Trump campaign besides anecdotal um, fantastical stories of corruption and such that really just that really sensationalize the issue much more than it than it is. The issue is not very interesting. It's it's fairly boring for an election fraud story. Uh, and something Trump does a lot is sensationalize everything he's talking about um, in order to garner support, which is again him failing to be not like the politicians because they all do that. Um, in other news, Pfizer says it has a COVID-19 vaccine that is up to 90% effective in short-term trials. Um, Pfizer is the company that is one of the major companies in the United States that's working on a COVID-19 vaccine. And in early data, it's showing that they're, it's more than 90% effective. So, uh, the drug maker Pfizer announced Monday that an early analysis of its coronavirus vaccine trial suggested the vaccine was ru- was robustly effective in preventing COVID-19, a promising development as the world has waited anxiously for any positive news about a pandemic that has killed now more than 1.2 million people. Pfizer, which developed the vaccine with the German drug maker BioNTech, released only sparse details from its clinical trial based on the f- first formal review of the data by an outside panel of experts. The company said that the, anal- the analysts that the analysis found that the vaccine was more than 90% effective in preventing the disease among trial volunteers who had no evidence of prior coronavirus infection. If the results hold up, that level of protection could put it up on par with highly highly effective childhood vaccines for diseases such as measles. No serious safety concerns have been observed, the company said. Pfizer plans to ask the Food and Drug Administration for emergency authorization of the two-dose vaccine later this month after it has collected the recommended two months of safety data. By the end of the year, it will have manufactured enough doses to immunize 15 million to 20 million people, company executives have said. Um, This is very excellent news. And there was another, another drug company also trying to work on a vaccine that has supposedly produced similar numbers. We're looking at, I believe, Dr. Fauci said that this could potentially put us in to having, supposedly having a vaccine maybe by February or March of next year, um, which is far more optimistic than many people were uh, six or seven months ago when we all thought that this would, um, 
that this would, you know, last two, three years. Um, so that's fantastic. Fantastic news. I have nothing to say about this besides the, that uh, that's fantastic news. And I hope that the data continues to support this evidence and that we can hopefully begin recovering uh, quickly. Um, so regardless of the presidential election results, regardless of whether or not these legal actions do anything for him, President Trump plans to create a new quote-unquote leadership pack um, to essentially insert himself into the Republican Party. So, President Donald Trump is planning to set up a new political action committee, committee that will allow him to fundraise for federal election candidates and perhaps retain influence in the Republican Party. The president will establish the leadership pack, according to the New York Times, and is set to announce the move this week even if his campaign files lawsuits challenging the election results in Pennsylvania and likely elsewhere. The PAC would be able to spend unlimited amounts to support candidates for federal office in what is known as independent exp in what is known as an independent expenditure. However, it would be limited to donations of $5,000 per year per donor. The new PAC could accept donations from an unlimited number of donors and Trump's com campaign committee, Donald, Tr Donald J. Trump, for president, would be able to contribute within legal limitations. Quote, the president always planned to do this win or lose, campaign spokesperson Tim Martaw told The Times. Martaw told, said the new PAC would be set up so he can support candidates and issues he cares about, such as combating voter fraud. The PAC would not be able to help Trump in any future bid for office because of federal election committee or commission regulations, but it could allow him to remain a force in the Republican Party, uh, Republican Party and an important source of funding for GOP candidates. I think this is uh, Trump's final stand, honestly, um, to kind of help close up all of this likely hour-long episode, which is something I'm not necessarily looking forward to because it won't that probably means it won't be able to function on the website, right? Um, but to try and sum up everything that we're talking about with this, I think this is, um, I think this sums up, yes, I think this sums up the, the legacy of, of Donald Trump in politics. I think when Trump inserted himself into political discourse, he was honest, I'll say that much. Um, but unfortunately, the honesty he had was not very flattering. Um, he has proven himself to be a very self-righteous person in and of himself. But when you add that to a to a 200-year-old ideology that is already a self-serving, self-righteous ideology and party um, by themselves, when you add those forces together, it just gets worse. And I think the effect that President Trump has had on the Republican Party has been detrimental. I think there are many Republicans have just dropped what few personal values they had and what values overall they had to to join this this Trump train to to ultimately a destination it will never reach and likely shouldn't ever reach anyway but i think he has now become infatuated with this world that he has essentially come into with a wrecking ball and i think now that he kind of has it, I don't think he'll ever let it go. And I'm not looking forward to anything he does with this pack or with his, or just with his influence within the Republican Party. I mean, I, I, I'm seeing this expand past his death even, which is alarming because this man has a lot of money. 
everything that this PAC will do, everything Trump will do, regardless of whether or not he he somehow wins or loses this election, I think Trump is going to only make worse the ideological uh, and overall political um, corruption of of this of of all of this. I, I said something earlier this morning that I want to repeat on the show. Oh, President Trump, or Donald Trump, I should say, uh, entered American political discourse um, at a very divided and angry time. But he has left it even more divided and even angrier than it was when he got there. And the effect he's trying to have, this, his, for lack of better term, the talents he is putting into the back of American discourse is not something that will change it for the better. I don't see that at all. He's proven to me, at least, that he is only going to strengthen the negative effects of political discourse as it stands and probably even add a few. And it will only cause the further, if not now rapid, deterioration of the integrity and the legitimacy of political discourse in this country. And everything I've talked about today, all of it, is proof that that I would say I'm right. Um, So, yes, that's that. Um, which I think makes this episode title, which was recommended to me by my best friend. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, Screw in the gears. I think that's a very, a very good title for it. Trump is the screw. America is the gears. He has effectively stopped up whatever forming form of function we at least looked like we had. Um, when it comes to Biden being president, I guess I can kind of talk about that a little bit, too. Um I'm not happy, but I wouldn't have been happy if Trump was elected either. Biden's not going to change it either, first of all. Americans need to stop acting like there are a lot of Americans who think that Biden's going to save us. I made a meme, and I think it holds true. I don't think I've got it on me. It was from the scene of from Megamind where he's like, you have freed us, and Hal Jordan says, he says, oh, I wouldn't say freed, more like under new management. That's what's going on here. Biden is just as bad. All of the negative effects of political discourse, of politicians, these four career people, all of the corruption and the one-sided uh, garbage. I mean, first of all, I support the president-elect's message of unity, but I don't see him accomplishing it. He's not going to accomplish it. I support it. I love that idea, but it's completely ridiculous. You can't call for the unity of the people and actively be part of the of the two-party system, of the system of of these ideologies that destroyed the country in the first part, first place. If we honestly wanted unity, I, and I know this sounds biased, but if we honestly wanted unity, I would have to say that we would have to disband these ideologies from having legitimate influence and power and presence in American government. And I don't see that happening with Joe Biden. Joe Biden's only going, like Trump, to strengthen the negative effects of political discourse. So ultimately, it wouldn't have mattered what happened either way, whether it was Biden that's the one that's claiming fraud or Trump or Trump in the White House or Biden. Neither one of these guys is going to save you. They don't care about you. Everything you think you know about these men Throw it in the trash because 
99% of it is idealist bullcrap that they are feeding you and you are eating happily and ignorantly. And America needs to drop all this ignorance and accept the reality that neither of these candidates was good to have from the start. Sure, they can do good things in two offhand topics, but that means nothing in the grand scheme of the functions of government, of the integrity of American political discourse, and of the overall unity and happiness of this country. That's what we need to accept when this is all said and done. That we were wrong to ever give either of these men any power in the government. So that's my closing argument for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, make sure to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. I also have merchandise on my website. It's in the shop section. If you're interested in supporting the show or if you'd just like something that has Under the Stars, um, it's just our logo on it right now. I've got a, a line of merch that's just, it's the logo. Um, you can get a shirt or a, or a hoodie or a mug or socks. Or now you can get a phone case, whether you've got the... Uh, what phone is this again? This is a Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus. Or if you've just got something, if you got an older model or if you get newer models, whatever, it's got phone cases for both iPhone and Samsung. So again, if you're interested in supporting the show that way and you're just interested in having Under the Stars merch, check it out on my website. Also, um, check out my book, Yes Master, available on Amazon or the shop section of my website for $15. I think you're going to be interested in it. Um, it, it reflects a lot of what I just said, but probably in a more succinct tone and less specific to these two guys. So yeah, thanks so much for listening in. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, um, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.